Welcome back, everybody, to the another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I am your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And today we have an exciting and complex and interesting topic of discussion. So we may sound really stupid. Yes. And I, I wanted to, I've been thinking about this for the past, you know, we've been playing this for a week, week and a half or so. And I want to just, as a disclaimer at the top of this episode, just fully disclose that Neither Matt nor myself are physicists or any sort of scientists actually at all. And I work in finance. Matt, you're, what, what are you, like a software engineer? I'm a software right? engineer. Yeah, so we don't know what the fuck we're talking about when, when we're talking about this stuff. However, we do co-host a podcast in our spare time. and <laughs> We like to think we're geniuses. Yeah, when you co-host a podcast, you like to have fun stuff to talk about. And I think the topic for today is going to be something fun to talk about. I think, and we kind of discussed this before we went live, um, it's probably going to be a discussion that might span into multiple episodes just because, yeah, we're not geniuses on this. And it's, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's a broad but narrow topic that, you know, I think there's multiple different things to hit on that you could easily talk for three or four hours on, probably each of them. Oh, yeah. About. So we... We might touch back on this in later episodes. Um, so just you know, heads up for these episodes because they'll right, probably be right. pretty fun to, to listen to. You know, and I think to go back to anyone who has been listening to our episodes all along, and to anyone who I believe it was on our alien episode, or maybe the space episode. Somehow on one of those, we, it was it was space because we talked yeah, about like interstellar. Yeah, and and we, and we got to a, talking about you know uh, kind of interstellar travel and the idea of there being like multiple universes and all that kind of stuff. And then I mentioned to you this idea that we're going to talk about today, which is the many worlds theory. And we kind of just put a pin in it and we're like, let's talk about that. That could be its whole other, its whole episode by itself. So let's just put a pin in that for later. And now here we are. So the topic, uh, you know, without further ado, the topic for today is basically quantum mechanics and the many worlds theory. So, so Again, str- strap it. Yeah, <laughs> this is when you light up your joint. And you're like, all right, man, check this out. <laughs> this is that, that's let's, the, this let's is listen part to these of the two bimbos. Yeah. See what they know about this. So I, this is probably the most re- quote unquote research I've done for a podcast episode that we've done, just because it's not like, you know, pretty much everything else that we've done has been movies or sports or something that I can talk about without doing much research in, because I'm pretty well-versed in those right, topics or, or whatever. heavily opinionated. Yeah, or it's heavily opinionated, so it's just more off the cuff. Um, but this, I wanted to actually have some research, and I do have like two or three pages that I sent over to Matt before we did this of just me kind of doing some Googling and um, copying in some things. So I kind of wanted to, j- just real quick before we kind of dive into this, my background on this was basically my big introduction to it. I had heard this idea floated around before this, but about a year ago, I watched this show called devs on FX. That was on Hulu. Um, and we'll, we'll get to some of the ideas later in this episode, um, that devs kind of brings up, but basically that show is a science fiction show that dealt with quantum computing and many worlds theory and the idea of free will versus determinism and a bunch of, bunch of crazy, kind of harebrained ideas and stuff that I really enjoy seeing in great science fiction movies and TV shows. And so anyway, it got me interested and I started kind of researching it on my own. And it's just one of those things where if I'm ever on my computer and I've, 
you know, gotten done doing my work or whatever, and I'm kind of bored, I'll just start researching this type of stuff and I'll just start seeking out YouTube videos about it or articles about I think it from smart YouTube people. YouTube videos and, are more my alley. I don't yeah, care. I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'll be honest. I don't really care to sit and read an article on something that I'm going to still end the article with and be like, I have no yeah, clue what well, I read. And they're very dense. I mean, a lot of them, I tried to find some that were not quite as dense, that it's not like coming from actual physicists writing some sort of a paper, you know what I mean? Where it's like, like a Stephen Hawking A book. journalist trying to explain it to a broad audience of like, here's this complicated and convoluted scientific idea here i'm going to try and explain it to you as a just a layman so i tried to find those and then i found a bunch of youtube videos and stuff like there's a guy sean carroll who's a um like astrophysicist i think who has been on the joe rogan podcast a couple times and he's written a book about this type of stuff so i found a couple of youtube videos where he will like it's like a five minute video of him just kind of breaking down the big picture of what this theory is um, so anyway, that's kind of how I got into this. And it's just been one of those things that another thing kind of like simulation theory that I just kind of like to think about. I like thought experiments. That's just something that I'm kind of interested in. And so they make for good discussion points. Yeah. They're really fun to talk about. And it's something that I, I think is a really good like icebreaker, you know, Taya and I were talking one time, if you're ever at like a party or something or like a, a dinner, and there's kind of a lull in the conversation, or maybe there's someone you don't know very well, and you don't really know exactly how to like get the conversation. What better way to break the ice again? than hey, what do you, what are your thoughts on quantum mechanics? Boom, like, there you go. I don't fucking yeah. know, dude. So You're like, all right, there's Good there's topics like you know ghosts, aliens, you Boom. know, simulation. You know, theory. we've never done an episode on ghosts with Halloween. We can do up, one. We can do one. We can on do ghosts. one. So, but fuck ghosts. There's though. just like fun topics that you can just be like, what do you think about this? And judging from that person's response, you get to know a lot about them and how they think, right? Right. So it's just a good like conversation starter. So this is kind of one of those topics, and I think hopefully we have a good conversation once we kind of get into it. So I think I'll start with – actually, I'll let you go if you have any like pre-thoughts before we dive into anything, and well, then I'll my, kind of my, read some definitions. My pre-thoughts we'll will go. be on like determinism and predestination, which are pretty much the exact same thing. One is a – religious based idea and the other one is the theory you know that we're gonna get into so that's probably where i'll chime in the most because i think that's more interesting than yeah because i think that we have that kind of later on in my notes and i think we should save that for a little bit later because there it really is like two separate things there's the many worlds theory and then there's the idea of free will versus determinism i think those two those two conversations are separate but they are linked through these kind of common thought experiments. So I know that was kind of a long preamble to this discussion, but you know, I mean, um, if there's a world where my dog is nice and calm and you know, she's nice and we'll just lay down and rest yeah. during a podcast. Can we please transfer <laughs> over to that world? For yeah. Just think there, there is a world right now where you and I are doing this podcast and Luna is just laying over there in the corner. Very nice. Chewing on a bone, being quiet and, and no, not interrupting she's, at all. She's <laughs> so, it's nice to think about. There's also yeah. probably another world where we're you trying just to close do this your podcast. eyes and imagine. Yeah. And she's like eating your computer from the inside out or something and being even more of a maniac than she is now. So I guess, you know, we're, it could be worse. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I think to dive into the notes that I had, and I, I don't, I want to try and avoid just reading like research that I have, but I think it's kind of important to actually just read word for word some of this stuff just to get kind of the baseline understandings out of the way because this stuff is really dense and kind of complicated. So I think 
I'll just get some definitions out of the way and then we'll kind of get going. So basically I have I have a definition here of classical mechanics and quantum mechanics. Now these are like basically two different sort of trains of thought or um, I guess fields of study within physics. So classical mechanics is basically what you learn about in school when you take physics, if you take any right. sort of physics classes in high school or college. And then quantum mechanics is the same sort of study of movements of objects just at a like microscopic level. So really quickly, classical mechanics is the study of macroscopic bodies. The movements and st uh, statics of macroscopic bodies are discussed under classical mechanics. Classical mechanics has three different branches. There's Newtonian mechanics. I, I don't know. We can kind of skip a lot of this, actually. I think I kind of covered... Right, what, so like what Newtonian would be, you know, Newton's three laws of gravity. Right, exactly. So like, you know, the apple, what goes up must come down, right. like all that, all that kind of stuff that we learned about in school. So I did write, you know, the difference between the two of them is basically what I just said. Classical mechanics describes the behavior of macroscopic bodies, which have relatively small velocities compared to the speed of light. Quantum mechanics describes the behavior of microscopic bodies, such as subatomic particles, atoms, and other small bodies. So I have some longer definitions in there of classical versus quantum mechanics, but that's the main difference there. So I think to kind of set the stage, this is kind of what we're talking about. So this is, this is basically physics. It's the study of physics, whether it be macroscopic or microscopic. And the many worlds theory, the fun part of this conversation comes in in the microscopic physics, which is basically quantum mechanics is what it's called. Right. So, without further ado, here's a little bit on the many worlds interpretation. So, this is an actual theory in quantum mechanics. The many worlds interpretation is a theory within quantum physics intended to explain the fact that the universe contains some non-deterministic events, but the theory itself intends to be fully deterministic. In this interpretation, every time a random event takes place, the universe splits between the various options available. Each separate version of the universe contains a different outcome of that event. Instead of one continuous timeline, the universe under the many worlds interpretation looks more like a series of branches splitting off of a tree limb. For example. <laughs> so if you want a good example for this, just watch Doctor Strange. Yes. Boom. All right. End of podcast. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs> hit it. We hit it right on the fucking head with that one. Um. So this kind of continues. So just bear with me for like two more paragraphs. For example. <laughs> bear with me for like three more books. So only like three more pages. There. Maybe like 20 more pages. It's fine. Um, for example, quantum theory indicates the probability that an individual atom of a radioactive element will decay, but there is no way to tell precisely when within those ranges of probabilities that decay will take place. If you had a bunch of atoms of radioactive elements that have a 50% chance of decaying within an hour then in an hour, 50% of those atoms would be decayed. But the theory tells nothing precisely about when a given atom will decay. According to traditional quantum theory, the Copenhagen interpretation, until the measurement is made for a given atom, there is no way to tell whether it will have decayed or not. In fact, according to quantum physics, you have to treat the atom as if it is in a superposition of states, both decayed and not decayed. This cumulates in the famous Schrodinger's cat thought experiment, which shows the logical contradictions in trying to apply the Schrodinger wave function literally. 
the many worlds interpretation takes this result implies it and applies it literally the form of the Everett postulate. And then I have some stuff on the Everett postulate, but that part right there to get out of the word for word definitions and stuff is a key component to all this because, and again, I am in no way a scientist, so I don't understand any of this, but based on hearing people talk about it and like reading some of it, scientists can measure these things called wave functions when they're looking at like microscopic physics, basically right? with atoms and, you know, molecules and stuff. And there's this idea of the atom or the molecule being in a superposition, meaning before, and this is kind of hard to like wrap your brain around, but before the scientist actually, because when you, a lot of times, you know, in school we've gone through science lab experiments or whatever, and there's this act of like observing results, like making some sort of a test and observing results. When the scientists observe this particle in this wave function, there's this idea that before they observed it, quote unquote, or like looked at it, it was in two different places at once. It was in a superposition. And so the theory of the many worlds interpretation basically goes, there's two separate, at the moment the scientist observes that atom in that wave function, there's two separate worlds, one in which the atom is like over here to the left and another one where a scientist is looking and it's over here to the right, which if you extrapolate it out means there's two versions of that scientist and also the world around him in which he's he or she is existing. Right. So this is so this is kind of where it is a theory because yeah. there I don't I really don't know if there would be ever like ever be a way to prove this. Yeah. Like that's and, basically where we're at. And this guy Sean Carroll who I think I kind of mentioned earlier is a is some sort of a physicist. I'm not sure exactly what type. But he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast before. I would highly recommend anyone who's listening to this to check out um, his episodes. Excuse me, on the Joe Rogan podcast because um, they're they're fascinating. He knows a lot more about this than I do, obviously. But he basically explains that right what you just said right there, like at that moment of the superposition, and there being like two different scientists observing this particle being in two different places at once. The thing is, there's no real way to prove that because there's no cross-pollination between universes, if you will. So, like, right. the universe where Luna's acting chill in the corner and you and I are still doing this podcast and all other things are equal is existing parallel to us, but we can't contact it in any way and right. it can't contact us. So, we're unaware of its existence, essentially. See that's where I think it's we there used, is the idea. I think that's where we used Interstellar was <clears throat> because he goes into the fifth dimension where right. he's where he, he didn't, time is like an actual physical construct. Right. So he yeah. was able to, you know, change the outcourse or you know, the outcome of history by yeah. you know, going back in time even though he never yeah. truly went back in time. Yeah, exactly. So and th- and that's that's kind of in that movie, I think we were talking about this during our space podcast as well he has that conversation with her about, you know, they go onto that planet where the, the waves are like as tall as mountains or whatever. Like every hour they're on that planet is like seven years of earth time or whatever. And they get kind of stranded there and lose the one guy. And then he's, he's getting all pissed off because he's like, we just lost like however many 20 something years. And he was asking her like, is there any way if we went back through the black hole, could we get time to run backwards? And she's like, that's not how it works. She's like, 
to whoever these beings are that created this wormhole for us, time, like the past, might be a valley they can walk into or the future might be a mountain they can climb, but to us, it's just not. Right. It's not a physical construct. We can't, we can't, can't alter. it's always flowing in one direction no matter what right. we do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the idea from Interstellar. But, and this idea here in the many worlds theory is like, it's just as unobtainable for us to like contact those other dimensions as it is for someone to reverse the flow of time. Basically I can reverse time. Oh, you can. Yeah. I just hit start timer on my phone, stop it and then clear it. And I reverse time from whatever I got to to zeros. That's pretty impressive. trick. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean- um, that's kind of, I have some more stuff in here that is a little more like sciencey, but and it, it mentioned we're not going to understand in, it. Yeah, it mentioned in what I was just reading too the Schrodinger's cat experiment. Have you ever heard of that? Like that thought experiment? No. So the Schrodinger's cat thing. So Schrodinger, obviously, you know, I, I forget what they call it. The the Schrodinger wave function or something like that. He obviously Schrodinger is the na- last name of the scientist who came up with one of these ideas. But the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment is go, goes along with this many worlds interpretation, which is basically there's a if you put a cat in a box and just shut the lid or whatever, and never gave it food, never gave it water, let some sort of amount of time pass. There is at some point until you open the box and look in, there is a cat that is both alive and dead is basically the idea. (laughs) Have you ever heard that before? I think I've heard of it, but I never like read too in depth of it. Right. Cause like PETA blocked it or something. (laughs) Cause it's like, it's like um, a bigger representation of the superposition of the atom or the particle. You know what I mean? Like until you observe what's going on in the box, there's two different possibilities. Either the cat right, is exactly. alive or the cat is dead. And they both exist at the same time until you observe it, basically. I mean... Although, the, the idea of that experiment is like, you know, obviously if enough amount of time passes, there's the, idea, the possibility that there's a live cat in the box goes to zero because right. the, the cat's going to starve to death. Right. But so like at, the at end, a certain guess- point, like if you just put it in there and then like an hour goes by... There is, at the same time, uh, the possibility that there, the cat is alive and dead. Until you observe what's happening in the box, both possibilities are like out there, I guess. I might be doing a really bad job well, describing so, I mean, that, but that's sort of the idea. I mean, with that idea, though, I wouldn't necessarily say, and again, I, I, I'm no genius or anything when it comes to this, but with that idea, I mean... I wouldn't say that's, you know, a multi-world type idea because really that's just kind of a, it's kind of like a yes, no, you know? Yeah. You either go this way or you go that way. There's there's no in between. You're not going to find half the cat's dead and the other half (laughs) is alive, right? It's either all or nothing. Okay. So here's a real quick Wikipedia summation of it because I I feel like I was doing a bad job describing it in quantum mechanics schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment that illustrates a paradox of quantum superposition in the thought experiment a hypothetical cat may be considered simultaneously both alive and dead as a result of its fate being linked to a random subatomic event that may or may not occur (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're just looking at me like I don't know what the fuck you're talking. I about. mean, the whole idea of what like what you just said is it's like you may or may not be dead. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It goes into a little more detail over here. Okay, so maybe I'm missing some key points in the idea. Okay, so Schrodinger's cat in a box. A flask of poison and a radioactive source are placed in a sealed box. If an internal monitor, a Geiger counter, detects radioactivity, a single atom decaying, the flask is shattered, releasing the poison which kills the cat. The Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics implies that after a while, the cat is simultaneously alive and dead. Yet, when one looks in the box, one sees the cat either alive or dead, not both alive and dead. This poses the question of when exactly quantum superposition ends and reality resolves into one possibility or the other. <laughs> I don't think that cleared it up anymore, so, but there you go. There's I'm just going to come out and say this. The theory and all is it's a great and fun idea to talk about. It's just a bunch of bullshit because we're never going to be able to sit here and prove that the cat is both dead and alive at the same point in time just on two different, you know, I, like how would you do that? What, do, what am I going to do? Get a box, put a cat in it, put it in the corner and be like, okay, in 10 minutes I'm going to check. Because at 10 minutes in one universe it's alive, but at the other universe it's dead. So when I open the box, I don't know which universe I'm in. Although I can sit here and visually see that the box has been moving for 10 fucking minutes. <laughs> knowing that the cat's alive. <laughs> so at what point in time did that cat have the chance of dying? And I know 10 minutes probably isn't that long, but we can't put cats in boxes for till they die. Yeah. But it's like at what point, like the, the theory, I get the theory that, you know, when you walk up to a box, there could be a dead cat in it or there could be an alive cat in it. But how does that mean that we're in a different fucking world? Okay. So I think we may have gotten a little sidetracked because I think it's supposed to represent the idea of particles being in superposition, which is mainly what physicists talk about when they talk about the many worlds theory. Because there is supposedly this, well, I guess the many worlds interpretation, I'm not going to say is like the predominant thinking among physicists right now, but like at the quantum level, this is like a real thing that physicists are observing where like these particles, when they like push them through these wave functions, the particles are existing in superposition and they're not not really able to like explain how that happens like they'll apparently like apparently there's even some stuff and i i didn't have this in my notes but i've heard some physicists talk about this there's like phenomena that they've observed where like these particles will blink in and out of existence essentially and like they don't know what's happening there at the quantum level so like a microscopic level right they're like, what's happening there? So, so, he, that so here's <clears throat> here's my take on that. If they don't know what's happening at the quantum level, how many of those fucking, you know, microscopic organisms or whatever you would want to call them make up a fucking cat? Yeah, well, so you bring up a good point because the reason why they kind of extrapolate everything out and say, like, there's multiple... there's potentially infinite universes of like versions of you is because I'm skinny and have hair. <laughs> there is Let's one. Let's go to supposedly. Um, that doesn't exist. <laughs> according to this theory, it does. So there you go. Um, yeah, well, until it's proven <laughs> and I can visit that me. 
we're all made up of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. they they are able to like everything. We're all made up of atoms. Everything is made up of atoms. So if if each individual atom can be in a superposition, then that means you yourself and this table and this computer and your dog can be in a superposition. But that's where we're made up of what like quadrillion like i don't even know the amount of atoms which means all those atoms would have to be in the same superposition right so the likelihood of that happening is probably one in however many atoms you have because if that one atom's like peace i'm going the other way like what happens do you, <laughs> you have just, like a hair fall off to the you, left side that's the atom that like blink out of existence is what like, happens <laughs> That one atom, just like later, <laughs> you get one atom out of the billions in your body that doesn't agree with everything else, out, and then that's it. it. You, just, you just blink out of existence. Like, like wow. Someone you're at work, you're talking to coworkers, you just disappear. Everyone's like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then you reappear in another world where you have one less hair because that <laughs> right. was the atom. And you're like, "What just happened?" And you're still in the same conversation. So realistically, with a of your every time you lose like a hair on the top of your head, you're just going into another. Yeah. world where so you've you're, been in lots of different hair. i've been everywhere dimensions they all suck <laughs> <laughs> okay so to continue on with this because i just read through i i was like when i was first reading this i was like man I, I think i put too much like real scientific jargon in here but i know why after reading through this i know why i put this in here because this is a continuation of many worlds interpretation and schrodinger's cat thought experiment all that kind of stuff so this is called the everett postulate all isolated systems evolve according to the Schrodinger equation. If quantum theory indicates that the atom is both decayed and not decayed, then the many worlds interpretation concludes that there must be there must exist two universes, one in which the particle decayed and one in which it did not. The universe therefore branches off each and every time that a quantum event takes place, creating an infinite number of quantum universes. In fact, the Everett postulate implies that the entire universe, being a single isolated system, continuously exists in a superposition of multiple states. There is no point where the wave function ever collapses within the universe because that would imply that some portion of the universe doesn't follow the Schrodinger wave function. So this takes it, the Everett postulate takes it even further and says that the entire universe acts like a wave function and is also existing in a superposition. So what that's saying, though, is that the universe will never die. Because it's saying that there will always be a wave function within the universe, which would mean that there is always going to be both either a decaying and a live atom or at least yeah. a, a well atom that is yeah. not decaying. Yeah, that's kind of how I... Which means it. in reality, then, we live forever. Well, we don't, but the state. universe that we live in does, supposedly. But we're part of the universe. Yeah. Well, I mean, supposedly we're all made of, like, you know, there's that idea that, like, we're all made of, like, star material, like old dying stars that have died that coalesced in a giant cosmic storm that eventually formed the Earth, that eventually formed the building blocks of what made up Just the biological materials of, of you and me. So, like, we're made up of, I mean, that's really the idea of, like, energy being conserved and never destroyed right like stars die planets get destroyed and then th those materials and all the it's like a life cycle gases and stuff yeah end up forming another sun or another planet and then that may generate life at some point so it's like pieces of your biological makeup may make it 
billions of years from now onto some other formation of some other star or some other planet That's around right. a new star. And then you might turn into an alien plant or something. Intergalactical <laughs> atom plant. Some Some part of you might be in a alien plant at some someday that gets eaten by a no i will be the alien alien plant. pig or something I don't no know. i will eat the alien pig i will be a one part of you alien plant <laughs> part of you might be in the plant and the pig so there you go i will eat myself <laughs> as the plant so okay do, would you like to dive into that's just i i feel like all we can do for now because i do want to we should come back to this again like in future episodes and have more to talk about but like you don't seem to be as interested in the many worlds interpretation as you are in the next stuff, which is like the free will versus I determination mean, stuff. The many worlds to me is just kind of one of those like, they're like, no, they exist. And it's like, well, how do they exist? Like, well, I saw an atom go from here to gone to back. And I'm like, how do you know it's the same one? Did you run a DNA test on it? Did it pass its fingerprint test? No. Okay. So what if that's just, what if you literally watched the creation of an atom? You watch the creation and the destruction of an atom. Which I think to destroy an atom, you have to have like billions of dollars of equipment to fucking do that shit. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things I sit there. I mean, just like the next stuff, it's one of those things you can sit there and really go, hmm. But like I thought, is there a world right now where, you know, everybody in the world is the opposite gender, right? Yeah. technically that would be part of the many worlds thing Everything's just all flipped. the way back yeah. to when we were, you know, first conceived in, in our cells aligned. Yeah. That would change the world to where everybody is at the opposite sex. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things. It's like, I can, I can imagine it, but I can't sit here and scientifically be like, I get what they're saying. Cause an atom goes from here to there and then back. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The, the one thing I really take from it is things definitely get really weird at the quantum level. And even our smart, smartest scientists don't really know how to explain that stuff. And so they come up with, which is what scientists and especially theoretical scientists have right, done it's for all theory. The, all, all of this could all just time. be bullshit. Yeah. That some dude's like, I'm getting paid millions to sell this well, fucking book. And I think, you know, there's even a lot of stuff like, Albert Einstein and Stephen Hawking had theories that even when they died and even still to this day are not proven to be true. They're just theories that these people had based on mathematical equations or some sort of scientific data. Right. It's not just some random like. Yeah. It's not just. It's, it's not guess. like I just wrote a theory right. down and sent it out on like a yeah. Reddit form and it caught exactly. traction. Yeah. It's, it's not like a screenwriter coming up with right. an idea for a movie. It's like, okay. Here's the building blocks of this, the math and the science and the, what we can observe. And here's what this might mean. Basically. So then in, in a great guesstimate, when do you think this could be not be a theory, but become a law of science? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know where we're at in terms of like observing the quantum like realm. You know what I, I mean? mean? I mean, we've been studying classical physics, quote unquote, classical physics, like, you know, force and mass and acceleration and all that kind of stuff for a long time. Right, hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. But how long have we been studying, like, microscopic atoms and particles and molecules and that kind of stuff? Not as long. And I don't Probably think we like understand. Probably, like, since the 40s. Yeah, I would say, I like, just, the first attempts were, like, the nuclear bombs. I feel like that was probably right. the first attempt of studying and eat like an individual atom and yeah what you do when you put 
quadrillions together and drop them. Yeah. At high, high temperatures. I still... Do you really understand how a nuclear bomb works? Because everyone always jokes about, like, it's splitting the atom or whatever. And I'm like, I don't really understand what that so it, means. What's happening to I th- it? I think it what it does is, is like it, it, it's so hot because the atoms are moving so fast that it's just like, like it's just like an instant, just poof, like it just happens. Like, I don't know huh. because one, I would have to see how like a nuclear warhead like hit something and see the damage of it, which I mean, to go way off topic real quick, but like, what what happened in Japan when when the U.S. dropped those the first two or the only nuclear warheads ever used? They wiped out cities, hundreds of thousands of yeah. people. Those were like really small bombs compared to what we com- have compared now, to yeah. what we have now. We could you could like you could say that if the U.S. were to launch a nuke, say towards like China or Japan, like Tokyo could be flattened. Oh yeah, we because, had, supposedly the world, like all the superpowers of the world, have enough nuclear warheads to destroy the entire like, Earth, like hundreds of times yeah, over. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the the thing now is like before you had to fly a plane over and drop like a legit full size bomb. Now we could now launch a one. missile, yeah. and in that missile there could be eight nuclear warheads, all twenty times more powerful than the bombs we dropped. Yeah, they can all go to pinpoint destinations mm-hmm. in different places. So, but I think the way that it works is the uh, molecules are moving so fast and they create so much heat and everything that they just bounce off each other and like. Okay. Because, I mean, if you think of like an explosion, like a C four, like there, there's more substance behind how that explosion, or like a firework, right? Yeah. You're burning something. But a nuclear warhead isn't like it's not going to be like my house's size, which to me is what you would think would have to wipe out a whole place. Of an explosive. Yeah. It could fit in this room. Yeah. I just, I don't know if I've ever really, I mean, we've all seen, you know, like the footage of them being detonated, like during tests and stuff like that. And then you read about, oh, it's, it contains this amount of megatons of whatever. And I, yeah, I know that there's like uranium and plutonium that somehow have to do with them because that's what the plot right. is in you all like, the spy movies. You like it's have like, to enrich uranium. Yeah, all oh, the guys stole enriched uranium from Russia. And now he's going to put, you know, like we got to stop him from creating the nuclear. That's like the plot of every spy right, movie. And they like basically. slide it in and you're yeah. like, so what did that just do? And they're like, it activated a nuclear yeah, warhead. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. That's but true. I don't know if I've ever really understood or had it explained to me like what's happening with the science inside the bomb that's going to create think, that explosion. I think there's probably still parts of it that are heavily, you know, under security. Yeah. Cause I wonder how much of that's really understood. Like how many people really understand from, what's from happening the outside. It would probably, I mean, you'd, you probably have to have a scientist, like a genius scientist yeah. go into and mess with nuclear warheads. Cause like, you can't just take a scientist and be like, here's a nuclear warhead. Can you explain what's happening? They're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And at any point, I could trigger this. Right. Like, at any point, you could, you know, what happens if you trigger it? Like, okay, I just wiped out wherever I'm at. Yeah, however many square like, miles. Like, of, dope. Yeah. Like, everybody that works on it is, I mean, I mean, I'll just use this as an example. Iran, you know, part of, like, this, these deals that past presidents have made with Iran was to stop them from enriching uranium from developing nuclear warheads, which we all know that they did, whatever. But they don't have anyone in, I don't mean this in a bad way, smart enough to complete that, you know, nuclear warhead, just same like North Korea. 
why wouldn't it have already been done? Yeah, the U.S. Just, has them. China has them. For whatever them, reason, don't you know, have Russia the capabilities. Has them, yeah. You know the resources or the right, but but intelligence. You, you would or whatever. think you know like somebody would be willing to like send in a scientist, but they're like no. Like so, there's got to be more to it than. Yeah, you know, just put it's like ingredients to a recipe. It's got to be right. more than that. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, you could probably understand. <clears throat> excuse me, the science behind what's going to happen. But if you don't know the ingredients behind what's going to happen, it's going to be more of like the particles move quick because they're extremely hot, and that's you know kind of all we're at right now. Right. So because it's it's not really necessarily like a chemical reaction, is it? Or is that what's happening? I, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, it's probably like. Well, it's probably everything. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, when you do you ever hear about because there's been some some of like the crazy science advances in the last, I would say, decade. You hear about these like you'll you'll see at least I do. I see like these news article headlines that'll be like talking about particle accelerators and stuff. And you're like, what's going on there? You know, you're like, why are we trying to speed up? Yeah. Like I'm reading this article and I'm like, I guess I understand the words they're saying, but I don't really understand what it is they're doing. Like Like, what's happening in a particle accelerator? I think a particle accelerator is trying to split the atom. Like they're trying to split. And they're like, cause I hear about some crazy shit every once in a while where they're like, these particle accelerators will be, what they're trying to do is like get two different particles up to a certain amount of speed and like collide them. Right. And in the hopes of doing something, I'm not really sure what they're wanting to happen. I'm going to see what two things, two particles of oxygen do when we smash them into each other at light speed. Yeah. Unfathomable speed. And all of a sudden it just just, wipes out an entire state. It creates a pocket dimension and sucks us all in or something. They were like, Like, they were messing with two particles of oxygen. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, and this happened. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I hear about that kind of stuff and I'm, it just, it kind of blows my mind. Like I think as we're, as we're talking about the nuclear warhead stuff, you know, pretty much everyone when they go through high school is taught that stuff, especially during history when you learn about world war two and all that kind of stuff. And you learn about all those scientists who worked on that technology and building that bomb and stuff. But I don't think anyone really takes a step back to like, I mean, I'm sure some people do, probably lots of people do, but like it's a unfathomable, like what is they're doing, like what human beings have accomplished there and be massively terrifying that we have that capability. Do you know, do you understand well, what I'm I mean, saying? Like, I mean, to not get political because I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it's going to come out sooner than later. But the whole COVID-19 was leaked from a lab. It's I'm not saying COVID-19 was man-made because... But you're saying it, we it were existed, like, but we, we were, were fucking with We were responsible and... for the outbreak of this, this world pandemic. It, it was, I, and again, I don't know if it was deliberately released, accidentally released, but it was literally released from a lab where people were working with this thing. Like clearly tampering. Right. And it's like one of those things, it's like if this... Which is something that happens in labs all over the place. Right. Like we have have scientists doing that I think there was an Ebola lab outbreak, but they were able to contain it before it broke out. Because if Ebola were to break out like COVID did, you'd be seeing millions of people. Yeah, Ebola's bad news. It's bad way worse than this covid which a lot of people are now calling it just a common flu but it's one of those things why are we messing with a virus you know i can understand we want to learn how it behaves and everything but 
why are we messing with something that could lead to what we've dealt with for two years? Like, well, and that's why a lot of people say, especially as as we get more technologically advanced and we gain more scientific knowledge and we start messing with things and, and getting into these ideas of stuff that used to just be science fiction, which are now really soon going to become science fact when you're talking about like nanotechnology or cloning or whatever the fuck, you know, gene editing. Right. This stuff is like real and we're knocking on the door. You know what I mean? We haven't opened the door yet to a lot of this stuff. I mean, we're knocking on the door. Stem cell is like, we've, we've turned the, yeah. we've turned the knob. We haven't gotten the push we, yet. Dude, it's, it's, cr- and that's why you like when people read about this stuff and hear about this stuff, you know, you, you constantly hear the phrase like we shouldn't be playing God type thing. Yeah. Which I think you could definitely make the argument about going all the way back to nuclear warheads. Like, I don't know. Was that a good thing that happened or not? It saved a lot of lives during World War II. Was, you can definitely say, yeah. make that argument. But, like, is that eventually going to spell the doom of the entire human race? Quite possibly. Or did it change the way war, we thought about warfare? Because yeah. now if you look at it, and again, not to get political, but there's been rumors that China wants to invade Taiwan. But if the U.S. backs Taiwan and China still invades, one, there's going to be tens of thousands of casualties for China, not to mention probably Taiwan, the U.S., whoever gets involved. But that would lead to World War III. So are we, if we get into another world war, is it going to be I'm going to push my button and see if they push their button? Or is it going to be we have these as deterrents to the U.S. isn't going to invade Russia? And the U.S. Mm-hmm. isn't going to invade China. You know, is, are these these nuclear warheads more just if you try and invade us as a last effort, I'm just going to hit the buttons because if we can't live, you can't live. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> nuclear warheads are more of a deterrent because they've on, we've only dropped two in human history. <clears throat> yet we've been at war since man's been alive. Like, yeah, our entire lives, the U.S. has been in a war, you know, and same with other countries like. China and India, they've always been fighting. Same with the whole Middle East has always been fighting. You know, places in in Africa have been fighting. It seems like South America and Central America are more dealing with political fights than anything. Like Europe with, or like Eastern Europe with Russia and the Soviet Union, you know, they had all that shit going on. So it's one of those things we've had plenty of chances to just, hey, I hit my button. There we go. We won the war. So I think they're more deterrents at this point in time. And I think what we would see next as far as, like, the evolution of stuff would be, like, an EMP-type attack where instead of dropping a nuclear warhead, they're going to shut down an entire power grid. Yeah, I read an entire book about that one time, and it scared the shit out of me, by the way. Um, We're getting way off topic, BTW. We did. (laughs) But, hey, we've built a lot of episode ideas for the future. We have. But I think it's – I mean, it does kind of relate because we're talking about – you know, you, you were kind of asking the question of, like, how do they, like, prove this out, basically? And what I was just bringing up was, like, you know, there's... I think the nuclear warhead comparison is a good one because, you know, like I said, we're, we're kind of knocking on the door of all these, like, crazy things that used to be what would be considered science fiction, which may at some point be considered science fact. Right. Well, I mean, like, and this many worlds theory and this study and the understanding of the quantum realm may be at some point, whether that's in within our lifetimes or not, 
something that is like taught in school and everyone just knows that's like part of learning physics right i mean is learning quantum physics to take like the nuclear warhead example and tie it back to the many worlds here you could sit there and go well what happens if we don't drop the nuclear warheads what is the outcome of world war ii at that point in time mm-hmm. we might not exist I the Western U.S. There's might actually not exist. a very high probability that I wouldn't exist. I remember my dad telling me, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, but my uh, my grandpa fought in World War II, and those bombs were dropped right before he was about to be redeployed in like a massive, massive offensive from the Allies. And right, we they were, were we were literally yeah almost to the mainland of Japan. Yeah, and they were expecting like hundreds of thousands of casualties of American soldiers, and my grandpa would have been one of them, which if he would have been one of them, I wouldn't be here. So you do right. bring up a valid point, and it's so, one of those things to put into perspective. It's like, you know, ultimately, was that a good idea? Well, in terms of the amount of lives that were probably saved from World War II, yes, but who knows what that... Who, right. knows, who knows what the future brings of us having that level of like weapon and technology readily available. You know, who knows right, what that brings? Is it, Whether that's ultimately a good or a bad thing, I don't think anyone really knows. I mean, I think... <clears throat> I mean, well, like, to, to say if it's a good or a bad thing, you have to sit here and go with the only known outcome and say it was probably a good thing because it ended a war and it stabilized regions. You know, it's stable... I mean, I guess you could say... Uh, Asia wasn't very stable after that because there was like the Vietnam War, the Korean War and all of that. But it stabilized this, you know, we got rid of the German Empire. That, that all, all those events were tied together, whether you like to think about it or not. So if we don't drop them and we don't have a successful offensive on the mainland of Japan and they have an offensive on the west coast of the U.S. Yeah, then what does that look like? You know, because I don't know how... St- true this is or like historically accurate but they talk about in like pearl harbor which i know pearl harbor is not a very historically accurate movie but they say <laughs> yeah the movie if japan were to invade the united states at least at this point in time they could get make it as far as chicago before they would be able to stop them yeah now as an american right now i would say yeah i don't think so because you're talking about a country where the citizens have more guns and weapons than the rest of the world combined well, and we also spend more on our military than like the next twenty six countries combined. So, like, right, but that's because we're also the only global power out there that has reaches. Like, oh, you want to go to war? <laughs> we're here. Yeah. Not all right. We're gonna sail across the seven seas real quick. Give us four weeks. <laughs> Give us four weeks. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's it's a bunch of what ifs. Like, if we don't do this, what changes in history? Yeah, and. I wonder what happens if we do get to the point like I wonder how that would affect and this this could be for another episode because this is this takes a lot of this is really the thought in the thought experiment is like what happens if they do somehow prove out that there are multiple dimensions in many worlds you know what I mean how does that that affect the way people think about life it probably drastically affects how people think about a lot of their religious opinions and stuff like that too well but I would I would sit there and think okay if if we find out that there's all these worlds that exist how do we get to that world you know well that's going to be the next step probably is figuring out okay how do we contact so this other world so knowing it exists though is different in terms of like if i know this exists then i want to be able to visit there but 
what are you know how do i visit there and then what are the implications of me visiting what yeah. do i how does that change like things? if if i go to that world what happens in this world do i yeah. completely die like this world is yeah. becomes you know that decaying atom that right. d- that decays while i activate a new one yeah can you no longer go back right. kind of thing and if i don't go back like this new what world happens if that there's I, two of me in one world like <laughs> god the world would be a great place <laughs> but but i mean it's one of those things if i if i go to a different world right now and the only thing that changes is that Luna's calmer, right? As, as overall, me and you would still be sitting here. So I just would transfer into that new world realistically, and we're still having this conversation, just with a calmer dog. Yeah, but I'm having a conversation with one version of you, and then another version of you is going to show up. So what does that what does that do? But see that that's what <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying is how would you know that you were in that new world? Like, I mean, it's not like I'm just going to walk up the stairs and because. I can't physically be in two places at once. Well, if you're coming from a different dimension, maybe you can. That's the thing. I guess you're about to get the shit scared out of you. Yeah, I, I would. I would. <laughs> like, I would be like, uh, Matt's. Am I losing my mind right now? I just like morph into the body and sit down. And I'm like, how's it going, man? I'm like, man, she's way calm. Like, dude, you're not going to believe this, but we're having this exact conversation where I just came from. <laughs> We're having this exact same conversation where I just came from, but the dog was crazy. The dog was losing her shit. You're like, the dog's been great the whole time. I'd be like, no. You get up <laughs> and go. Here we go. Right on cue. Yeah. You get up and go that way. Okay. And, and you're like, what? So I kind of want to transition this discussion into the second idea, the sep- second sort of topic, which is what I mentioned earlier. So the first topic was the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics or quantum mechanics, whatever you want to call it. So to anyone out there who's listening and is still listening this far, thank you for bearing with us and indulging us. I hope you're enjoying this thought experiment. Hopefully you enjoy the the little ramble on at the end there. Right. Um, This next part to kind of segue in is something that I got from that show devs that I mentioned earlier. And a lot of the themes of that show are the idea of free will versus determinism. And this is something that I also find utterly fascinating because it's something that really, I think, can be called into question when you're talking about a lot of like religious ideologies, a lot of scientific ideologies. And there are some very, very smart people out there who believe in free will and there are also a bunch of very very smart people out there who do not and they believe in determinism so i think kind of unpacking that is an interesting discussion topic and i think it's very infinitely fascinating and kind of lead to a bunch of different you know sub conversations but um well, this I'll, might have to be its own separate episode. It, it might be. And we can get into it a little bit here. And if we want to kind of just put a pin in it and do a different episode later, we can do that. But I, they, the two of them connect because, as I'll explain, it kind of quantum computing and quantum physics kind of lead a lot of people to the idea of determinism. So that's kind of how these right. two relate, which is why I wanted to include it. But real quickly, <clears throat> let's just start with the idea of free will versus determinism. So... Determinism is essentially like the determinist approach proposes that all behavior has a cause and is thus predictable. Free will is an illusion and our behavior is governed by internal or external forces over which we have no control. That's determinism. Free will is the idea that we are able to have some choice in how we act and assumes that we are free to choose our behavior. In other words, we are self-determined. So at a high level, those are what those two schools of thought are. 
So, and I, I put in here, and this stuff, I can, I, I might read some of this stuff because it's just really like, I, I read that during the article and I was like, wow. Like, like literally out loud, I was like, whoa. So they're kind of crazy sections. But it's basically, I found a, an article from last year of this guy breaking down the show devs and like the idea the ideas behind the show and it was it was less of like a critical interpretation of devs and more of a analysis of like the ideas themes behind the show and he had on like philosophers and he had on computer scientists who work in quantum computing and all this kind of stuff because really quickly to kind of give you like a high level synopsis of devs devs is basically like this guy who's like a elon musk or a mark zuckerberg has this sort of Google-esque company that's this like incredibly gigantic monolithic tech company. Right. And he has this subsection of his company called Devs, which is like, I think a lot of companies like that have that. It's just basically development is what right. it stands for. So the Devs program at this company, I think the company's called Amaya or something. It's like the name of his daughter, um, is working on like the primary objective of this Devs program and all these scientists that he has hired to work there is exploring quantum computing and basically they have built this quantum computer and the guy who owns this company is a full-on believer in determinism so he thinks that our lives are on what he describes as these tram lines and you can't you can't get off the tram line you're on this one tram line the entire time and your life's planned out your life no matter what you do in life that was already determined that you were going exactly what what's going to happen to you was always going to happen to you and you just have the illusion that you have free will and you're making choices so this guy fully 100 percent believes this so his devs program basically has this unimaginably powerful quantum computer and what they start doing is like slowly they kind of start slowly but surely like mapping out at the quantum mechanical or quantum physical realm atom by atom particle by particle and they do like a it's like a i don't know like a teddy bear or like a dead rat or some shit like in the middle of this room and they scan it and they're like the quantum computer is basically mapping out all of the atoms that make up this one object and then what they do is they kind of if they can get the object, then they can get the table that the object's sitting on, and then they can get the room that the table is right, in. And all this, everything. you can kind of start extrapolating out. And the idea is that if you have a computer with enough data to map out and cons- and like store and understand where all of these unfathomable amounts of atoms are that make up all these things, you can go into the past because you can follow each atom to like where it was previously or something. And again, this is, it's based on like real ideas. It is a science fictional show. So this right. is this like this writer's idea of like what this could happen. It's a very cool idea. But the idea is you could go into the past and predict the future based on if you had a computer that had all of this data. So his goal the whole time is essentially to like prove determinism, his, his idea of determinism and you and i won't go into like the story aspects but he has a very compelling reason as to why so do he you wants believe to, in determinism so that's kind of what i wanted to get to so it's a yes or no dude you don't get a time to formulate an opinion just say do you believe in it or not i want to say like my gut feeling i want to say we have free will <clears throat> so you were determined to say that <laughs> but i think the people who the really smart people who i listen to talk about if they're like not, I don't know if anti-free will is really the, the right phrase for it, but like, don't think we have free will. 
they make really compelling arguments. And I just think it's something and and again, I this, I'm the type of person that like I have my own feelings and opinions on a lot of these things. I just think they're fun to talk about and think oh, yeah. about. Oh, yeah. So like cuz cuz how how would you know that this is going to be like how, how would you ever be able to solve this? Yeah. You know, it's like, a, it's yeah. It's like, another problem like the many worlds thing. It's like how exactly do you prove that out? And and my thing is like I want to make it very clear just because I want to talk about these kind of things does not necessarily mean I believe in them. You right. know what oh, I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just, just a I, fun idea. I like just talking about this kind of stuff. Just like I love thinking about the idea of the simulation theory and that we live in a simulation. Do I believe that's the case? No, I don't think I do. And I don't want that to be the case. But it's fun to think about regardless. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Catholic and... <clears throat> In the Christian faith, it's the same as predestination, you know, where you yeah. believe that God puts you on earth with a already written story and you really don't, you know, it's, it's the same exact thing as determinism. It's just exactly in a religious kind hundreds, yeah. if not thousands of years older mm-hmm. as far as predestination goes. And it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I believe it in a sense of, you know. I believe I'm on the, a path that was planned for me, but I have free will to make decisions and each decision I make will put me back on a certain path. Like I have the free will to come punch you in the face right now, damn well knowing what is going to come from that, right? When you make a certain decision, you know the outcome of that decision. <clears throat> I don't think that's necessarily predestination or... Um, determinism. I think it's more of that free will, and it's a mix of like it's a mix of both. Yeah, so it might be a combination. Because you know, in in my idea, like my idea of it, and I'll just keep using the punch you in the face. Is why would someone at this very moment, you know, like, like I believe in God. Why would God put me on Earth, have us doing a podcast, no arguments, nothing, just walk over and punch you in the face? Like like what? What on this path made me do that? You know, what little blip? Was it a glitch in the system? But I have the free will that if I wanted to, I'm just going to walk over and punch you in the face. So, but I know the outcome of what would, or we can, we can assume certain <laughs> outcomes of what would come from it. The first one would be, you'd probably be like, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, like just randomly being punched in the face out of the blue by someone that, you know, there's, there's no, like I said, no, no anger, yeah. no animosity. So we could determine that the outcome would be like, you're going to be surprised and I'm going to be like, I don't know why I did that. But I don't think that God is putting me on this earth to punch you in the face right now. And that's why I'm saying like, I think it's both. I think we have a loose pathway that, you know, we're going to, we're going to stay on this. Like, like I, I, I believe that God has a plan for everyone. And when he's ready to take you, he's going to take you. That, that that's my like firm belief but how you live your life i still think is kind of up to you like he's gonna he's gonna provide you with the opportunities like do you want to take a or b that to me is free will because how how would i know that you know he's planned i'm gonna take a because what happens yeah. if i say i'm not gonna take either of them you know i i, I in my opinion have the free will to say no and, and go away from what would be planned right so, like, I think it's a mix of both, in my personal opinion, that we have free will to make our own decisions, but that it's going to all lead us to the same path at the end of the day. Okay. And that very well may be the case. I, I think it's – and honestly, when it really boils down to this type of stuff, I don't know. I mean, that's honestly, like, a, a re- legitimately real answer that I'll give people when they ask me about 
sort of like religious questions. I'm like, you know, I don't fucking know. And, and no one really knows. We're all just kind of guessing. Right. You're, um, you're, it, it's the way, you know, faith works is you believe in something yeah. without knowing it exists because yeah. it's that belief that powers, you know, exactly your, your, your internal being to, to keep processing, to keep yeah. going. You believe you're doing this for a greater good mm-hmm. than what is currently around you. Yeah. Like, um, have you ever, have you ever seen heaven is for real? No. I never um, did, see did you read the book? No. So it's just about, did you hear what it's about? I mean, it's I about mean, a I young think kid I, that, I remember seeing like commercials for it and stuff, but right, I, it's I got about like aware a young kid that died and, yeah. um, you know, was brought back to life in a hospital. And then when he came back, he was saying things that his parents never told him and that he never knew. And like saying he met people that died way before he even existed and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not going to say someone's a liar because I don't know if they're lying or not. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's their life and they're going to do what they want to do. But I sit there and I do go, it's hard to believe in something without seeing it. But that means that belief is a fictional term. Cause if you believe in something, then you have this inherent, you know, I believe in it. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Whether it's right now or in 500 years, I believe that this will happen. Yeah. And, you know, so I think belief is just more it's if you believe in something, you're going to believe in something and no one should tell you otherwise. Just like I believe my path is determined, but that's not going to stop me from punching you in the face and making a free will decision. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's one of the things. It's an important it's an important topic because like the religious aspect definitely comes into this because I think the whole idea of free will versus determinism or predestination, you know, as you described it is one of like the core tenets of a lot of religions. You know what I mean? And I always think about that when you, you know, you'll hear people who are like very religious be like, you know, God has a plan for you. And then in the same breath tell you that like, it's your decision to like not be an alcoholic or like not be a murderer and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, well, those two statements are kind of contradictory if you think about it. You know what I mean? Like if God has a plan for me and I'm going to end up where I'm going to end up where he wants me no matter what, then I don't really have the choice to be an alcoholic or not. You know what I mean? Those, well, are, those are kind of contradictory statements. Right. I mean, and this might go against. And that's like, where it all gets. It's very fuzzy. You know Right. I mean? Well, and, and this is where people would be like, you're not a real Catholic. Like, whatever. I believe in what I want to believe in and no one's going to tell me different. Like, if you want to call me, you know, I, I was called a bad Christian and whatever. And, and, and my argument to this and, and this I think would might might be a good thing with this whole, you know, predestination type determinism, free will is, you know, that people believe that the earth was created not that long ago, but carbon dating and science has said it was created oh, bil- yeah. billions big, of years that's a big, ago. You know, contentious debate. But when you believe in God, you believe God created the heavens and the earths, right? So He created everything. So, in a roundabout way, God created science. Because he created that, if you're a believer, he created the human beings who found science, found theory, found the hypotheses, and, and, you know, found carbon. Like, God created this. And so I tell people, I'm like, I believe that, you know, he created everything, but that means he created all this stuff for a reason. He's telling us all of this for a reason. If it was predetermined, why are people believing it was the earth was made 6,000 years ago mm-hmm. because that person is lying to themselves. If they believe God created the heavens and the earth, because God created everything then. 
Yeah. Even evil. God created evil. That means that God created science, which means God created knowledge, which, mean, which means if you don't listen to knowledge, are you going against God? Yeah. That's, so, so that's it's always like, been one thing that never really made a lot of sense to me, especially when people start talking about aliens and stuff like that, you know, where they're like, somehow that breaks their idea of the understanding of God creating the heavens and the earth. And like, you know, it's like your prism that you're looking through this through looking at this through is only encapsulating like what you see in earth. Right. What's to say that it doesn't also encapsulate the rest of the universe. Like, I don't understand why that's that much of a leap to take. Like, why didn't he create humans and aliens? I don't know. Like, if he created everything, he, he's, then he's the all being. Aliens he's, and dinosaurs are also in, included in everything, are right. they not? You know what I mean? It's like right. I never really understood that. People get really hung up on that. I'm like, I don't understand why you're like, you well, know. And and that's why, like, you know, I sit there and and you know, like I said, I believe what I want to believe, and you know, whether you call me bad or not. But it, like I said, I believe God put me on a path to believe what I want to believe for a reason. Well, and, and you, you said some really important stuff earlier about, like, belief and faith. And I, I, I really, like, respect and, you know, kind of honor the power of belief and faith. Because it really is, that that is the utter definition of it, is, like, believing something is true despite not being able to see it and, like, measure it and touch it and feel it. Like, that we use to believe in everything else you know right. what i mean like to stuff that you wouldn't say you quote unquote believe in like stuff that's like measurable which is really admirable because you're going against really like everything that is instinctual about being a human being you know what i mean where you go like you know if your kid comes running upstairs or whatever and is like mommy there's a monster under my bed or whatever you're gonna be like mm, i don't believe you you know what right. i mean but like, but you're gonna have to go and you're gonna. I'll check for you yeah, because I'll, yeah. right now you have so to understand. Like I believe you. There's plenty of people out there who are like, I don't believe my kid saying there's a monster under the bed, but I do believe in this omnipotent presence that created everything that I've never seen any evidence of whatsoever. That's belief, right, right. there. You know, that's faith, which like is totally admirable and, and like awesome to me. I, I think it's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I think the idea of it is like when I die. I believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell and hopefully I get an invite upstairs. Otherwise it can be hot where I go, but you know, that I would go up there and then, you know, whatever it is, it is. Yeah. I truly believe that. But at the end of the day, until I die, am I going to know that I'm there? Like, like then this, this gets into this whole realm of maybe it's kind of like the many worlds, but it's like, am I dead right now? Yeah. Did, well, did, did me and you already both die and we're living in a separate universe as the same people, just living out different lives with everybody we already know? Yeah. Well, and then there's like the, those those ideas that you've heard of like maybe the life that you're living right now is like you're on your deathbed right now and you're having a like flashback of your entire life. Right, it's like a 10-minute flashback. You're, you're really like in a dreamlike state and you're just kind of reminiscing on what already happened to you. Like there's that whole thing. We're getting a, a tad bit sidetracked. No, I, it's I do, all great. I, I do like, and, and again, I think as a general rule of thumb, I don't talk about politics or religion with most people, but I think they, it's, I think about them on my own a lot. I just don't discuss them with other people because I think they both share a commonality of like, you're wrong, you're we're, wrong, you're we're wrong. not going to get to a point where, you know, let's say given the assumption that we sit down to the conversation believing different things. 
I just think it's a waste of time to argue with people about it when you know fully well that neither of you are going to change each other's minds about politics or religion. It's It's just like, listen, man, why are we doing this? I, I, I just, I get a little bit like, I can kind of see where it's heading, and I'm like, I don't want to go down this road because it's it's fruitless, it's pointless. Right. You know what I mean? Why, like, why put yourself in a situation where you believe what you want to believe, right. I believe what I want to believe, and that's great. And I will fight for the right for you to believe what you want to believe because right. that's that's what I believe in here as American. You know, like everyone can believe in what they want right. to. believe. You have the freedom to do yeah. as you please. Yeah, and it shouldn't affect. Yeah, unless you kill people. Exactly. That's that's my like, one thing. Like, is like as long as you're not hurting people. I really could give right. a fuck. Like, I don't care. Like the choices you make should be for you and you alone. Yeah. Despite you having a fiance and everything, if you make a choice and you know it's going to hurt her, you made that choice damn well knowing it was going to hurt her. Yeah. So you had that free will to choose to hurt her. Okay. In, in a roundabout way. Yeah, yeah. So this this relates back to our free will versus yeah, see, determinism I'm conversation. Good. Yeah, it's bringing it right back. So I do want to... There's like one cool. Um, I'm, I'm gonna just paraphrase the quote, but like the guy in the show, devs, the billionaire guy who owns the company, he has at the very like the first episode, he has this little bit where he kind of explains determinism in like a quick two or three sentences, and he's basically like, "We live in a fully deterministic universe." He's like, "Everything that happens has a." prior cause cause leads to effect leads to cause leads to effect and just so on and so forth and the only reason we think we have free will is because we don't have the intellectual capability of understanding all of the causes that lead to every effect is essentially his argument so he's like the man eats because he is hungry the marble rolls because it was pushed every there's always a prior cause to lead to this effect that's the idea of determinism so going all the way back like how your life is going right now is a combination of God knows how many prior causes that are leading to this current effect of like you sitting here doing this podcast with me, living in this house, being in Colorado, all this kind of stuff. Like the idea of determinism is that you never like really made any of those choices for yourself. It was the effect. This is the summation effect of all of those prior causes happening at this moment right so an easier way and you just your human brain basically doesn't is not able to understand at the at the big picture level what all of the causes are that led to this effect so you therefore think you're making choices right so that's kind of the idea of it so an easier way to look back on it instead of going back to god knows when but our parents conceived us (laughs) <laughs> which is the cause of us. We, so now we exist. Mm-hmm. We are the effect of, um, you know, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I think I was adopted. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an effect of being adopted. Well, even if you're adopted, <laughs> you still came from parents fucking somewhere. So no, 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 no. no. I was the, the in vitro fertilization. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're the effect. Of that was funny. I could see it. Like, <laughs> I was like, how do I say this without being like, you know, go ahead, Matt, go ahead, spit it out. So we're the effect of that action. Yes. You know, when we're babies, we don't know our cause and effects just because we can't really think for, I mean, I guess we can think for ourselves, but it's in a limited capacity. Mm -hmm. We both chose to go to college. An effect of that is we graduate degrees and now have jobs, right? So like 
I, I get that every single day, like I go to sleep, I wake up, you know, but what's the cause and effect of me going to sleep and waking up? Like, is my body recharged? Well, or you, is there uh, will inside of my body that's like, hey, why don't you go down the hallway and get to work today? And it's like, eh. yeah. Although I guess I set an alarm, so the cause of me waking up is me setting the alarm. And the effect of me setting the alarm is me waking up. Well, it's one of those things you can kind of go on and on and on ad infinitum because it's like, Every, why, I mean, why did you sleep? Well, because I was tired. Well, why were you tired? You're like, well, biologically speaking, your brain gets tired at a certain point. Well, your, your body needs rest after a certain amount of hours. Okay, well, why does it need rest after a certain amount of hours? Then you can go into that explanation. It's like on and on and on and on and on it goes. But that is sort of the idea of determinism is like if we somehow had a computer or if we had a brain that understood all of that, we would come to the understanding that, oh, this is not me making choices. This is me acting out this the effect of this all of these prior causes right. kind of. So, and again, I'm not saying I believe in that. I'm just saying it's a very interesting conceptual idea. And like the fact that people are very firm in their belief of that is interesting to me. It's like, how do you arrive at that? It's very like, did you ever hear people like express their beliefs? You're like, that is fascinating that you think that. Well, you know what I I think, I think determinism is easier to get to. Um, because if, if, say I, I'm a determinism believer and you just believe in free will, right? Well, we're just gonna use this as a quick little example. And I'm like, why do you believe in free will? And you're like, because I can go choose what I want to, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping me. And I go, okay, why did you choose to drink water? And you go, because I'm thirsty. And I go, okay, what made you thirsty? And, and then, you know, determinism comes in. Yeah. And I literally just go, you literally just explained my views. And you explained why you did everything, which means you knew you were going to do that. You know, if I go work out, I know I'm going to be thirsty. Honestly, speaking of that, it's really weird. You just made me very I'm thirsty. thirsty. Too, yeah. <laughs> Get some of this water. But, but you know, it's one of those things. If if you believe in determinism, it's. <clears throat> I think it would be easier to explain yourself to someone that believes in free will because if you're like, well, I believe in free will, I can go do and as I please what I you know whatever I want. There's always a cause and effect, no matter if you believe you're choosing it. Mm-hmm. In, in in the free will sense. Well, and I was just thinking of an idea of like, well, you could say, okay, <clears throat> I'm thirsty because, you know, your body needs water. I don't know all the scientific reasons behind it, but we all know that your body needs wa- a certain amount of water. That's why I'm thirsty. Okay, now you've reached this moment where you're thirsty and you know you need to drink something right. to quench your thirst. And I was thinking, okay, well, you do have the choice. Do you drink water? Do you drink Coke? Do you drink Gatorade? Do you drink whatever, you know what I mean? Alcohol. You can drink any of those things. Right. You would think you have the choice of drinking any of those things, but maybe your decision of whether to drink water versus Gatorade is predicated upon a commercial you saw about Gatorade two hours ago. You know what I mean? And that's why you're like, oh, I'm going to go with Gatorade rather than water. Right. That was the cause to this now effect kind of thing. Right. So it's like you think that's free will, but maybe it's not. Or you're at a gas station, you're like, I need to get a drink, I'm thirsty. And you look in the cooler, and you're like, hmm, that Gatorade looks really tasty. Yeah. Mm, that Sprite looks really good. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Gatorade. <laughs> what were we brought to you by last time? Um, I think it was uh, the lawnmower. <laughs> it I, was I not the fucking lawnmower. It was well, this episode is also brought to you by the lawnmower. <laughs> no, 4. it might 0. have been Coke. Wasn't it Coke? You're like, by the way, this episode's... Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm distracting you. But <laughs> but, well, but I'm just saying like... We're sponsored by a lot of big-time products. Yeah. And yet so, somehow so, so still thank doing you. this in your house. 
on a cardboard table from yeah. my great grandma. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is, if you're if you're in the gas station, you're looking at all the coolers, right? Because you know you're thirsty, so like you said, you need to get something to drink. So you have the choice to choose what you want to drink, but it becomes one of those. You don't just now. now this is where I would say you have free choice or, or, or uh, free will. If you blindfold yourself without knowing, you know, so you blindfold yourself before walking into an unknown gas station. Someone can guide you towards the coolers, and they're just like. Yeah, here's a cooler door, here's a cooler door, here's a cooler door. You know, what's behind door one, two, and three? You just grab a random one. I would be like, okay, that was more free will because you have no no clue what you're doing. But then mm-hmm. again, that also comes back to you were thirsty, you went in there, and you you picked that for a reason. Yeah, you, you just know? don't know what so, the reason is necessarily. Right. Yeah. So, so it's one of those things, it's like everything comes back to determinism whether you believe in free choice or not, but free choice and determinism, in my opinion, like I said earlier, they don't have to be separate. Right. You can believe that you have the free choice to make decisions, even though you, you believe you have an outcome already determined. She's really, she's starting to get bored with us. Um, can I read you a couple of crazy quotes? Yeah. So this article I was reading that, was this guy from theringer.com, which is actually a super cool website, and they have a bunch of great podcasts. It's just a random plug for them. I don't know why I keep plugging other podcasts, but... Um, yeah, until they plug us. <laughs> go dot, um, dot, dot. He, I told you this guy was... He had interviewed like computer scientists who like work in quantum computing and all this kind of stuff and talked to people who are like... God, I'm burping a bunch. Um, talked to people who are like professors of philosophy at colleges and stuff like that. So... I just pulled out a couple of random quotes from the article, but you definitely should. I, I, I copied the link in that Word doc I sent you. You should go read that article. It's pretty interesting. But anyway, this guy was talking about... So the, the context of this quote was like that he was asking this computer scientist guy of the idea of like regular conventional computers versus quantum computers and the idea of like could they do what's what he's portraying them doing in the show devs. So the quote is basically like, Then there's the problem that goes beyond the question of quantum versus conventional. Either kind of computer would require data on which to base its calculations, and the data set that the predictions and retrodictions in devs would demand is inconceivably detailed. I doubt that reconstructing the remote past is really a computational problem at all in the sense that even the most powerful science fiction supercomputer still couldn't give you reliable answers if it lacked the appropriate input data. As far as we know, the best that any computer, classical or quantum, could possibly do, even in principle, with any data we could possibly collect, is to forecast a range of possible futures and a range of possible pasts. The data that it would need to declare one of them the quote-unquote real future or the quote-unquote real past simply wouldn't be accessible to humankind, but rather would be lost in microscopic puffs of air, radiation flying away from the Earth into space, etc., so that, that was from, a pretty fucking crazy. That went from like a really like in-depth cool quote to the very end there where it's like, yeah, just poofs of air. And I'm like, that's how we end that? Yeah. So he's basically like really saying that like, that? he was basically saying like, even if we had the incredibly powerful quantum computer that, that this guy has in the show, the idea of that computer being able to say, this is a look into the real past of the earth or this is the real future. The amount of data that computer would have to have is like not even accessible. You, to you'd humankind. have to go back until the very first human being was on Earth and gather that data. Well, and it's not even that. It's like knowing 
the actual data of where all of the atoms are that make up everything in existence going back thousands of years. Right. Like that's oh, yeah. the amount of data you'd have to have to accurately say like this is actually what happened. This is the real past is like not even well, possible. And then, and then Essentially if you it was were this to, guy's Right. Assertion. But then if you were to like say you were inputting this data, if it was input without a period at some point, you just skewed the past. Yeah. Like you just lied about in the past. <laughs> But I mean, you, so, could, you could think that we have that to a sense, not necessarily in the realm of showing the whole future, but we have weather map predictions, right? You know, so, hey, there's a thunderstorm or this, this high pressure's up in the northwest. It's going to move through here by Tuesday. Yeah. And it's yeah. Friday of, la- you know, the, the week prior. And you're like, well... Okay, how are we predicting that this is going to move? Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? How do we know that? And they're like, well, because the high pressure is going to move here. And it's like, well, how do you know that though? Yeah, they, like we can he, predict that guy brings models. up that example in that article, and he talks about how, like, even with all of the technology and computers that we have today, we can't even do something as simple as tell you what the weather's going to be in two days. We just like can't do it. We can get really close, but there, especially in places like where we live in Colorado. They can put all the input data into their computers they want and tell you that next Tuesday it's going to be sunny and shining and 70 degrees and you step out your door on Tuesday morning and it's like 32 degrees and a blizzard. Or technically... And you're like, what, what the fuck, If guys? we want to bash weather <clears throat> reporters because they're always lying, if I was a weather reporter, I would say there is a 100% chance of rain today because if there's one cloud that moves over and we've all been there where there's one cloud in the sky on a 95-degree day, nothing else... And you're getting wet and it's raining on you. And you're like, that really does happen. And you're like, okay, so if I'm a weather reporter and I go, there's a hundred percent chance of rain and one raindrop falls, I'm correct. Yeah. Somewhere on someone or something. As long as that raindrop hits something, (laughs) I'm correct. Which in Colorado, it does. You have that one little cloud that's like the size of a smoke detector. It's like (laughs) scooting along at like 30,000 feet. It's like, it's like, and just like a water's like, and you're like sick. Sick, nice. Go go block the sun for five minutes, and it's like, nah, I'm gonna rain instead. No, it doesn't do that for me. It just lets me get a sunburn. Well, you know what's the worst? That also though? could be because I'm like basically translucent. I'm yeah. so white. Yeah, maybe in an alternate universe, you're tan. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, I, I have hair. Yeah, I'm Whatever. tan, and you have hair. <laughs> just to bash on weather reporters again, real quick. Okay. Or just the weather here in Colorado. You know what's even worse than the little cloud that drops rain? Huh. Is when there's no clouds and you're getting rained on. And you're like looking for the cloud that's like raining, and it's like, like what's happening? Thirty here? miles that way, and you're like, like is some is there like a fire hose spraying me? And you're like, I'm in the middle of a field by myself. There's nothing going on, and it's pouring. Maybe it's rain from another dimension. The dimensions are getting and you're it's a glitch you're, in the system. Your other dimensional self is getting rained on in the middle of a dark, stormy city. But and I, and it's I'm out just of, somehow I'm out in a cornfield by myself. It went through a portal into the wrong dimension, and you're getting rained on. Maybe. All right. One more quote from the Ringer article, and then we can, we can kind of wrap this up. But so this, for context for this one, there's a part in the show where they have like this screen that they can um, basically display stuff that the quantum computer is telling them. So <clears throat> part of it is they go back into the past, and like, there's this part where they're able to like view christ on the cross and he's like speaking aramaic or whatever it is and they're like freaking out because like how were we able to pull this off this is insane and then they're, they're they go the opposite way and they're trying to predict the future right because his whole idea is like i want you guys to use this quantum computer to prove out my idea of determinism basically right so 
<clears throat> one of the computer scientists goes, he like gets a group of them in there and he's like, all right, I want to show you guys something. And he, he set, he goes, he's basically, he's basically like the computer can now predict the future. And they're like, bullshit. And he's like, I'll, let me show you something. And he, he puts the forecast on the screen. So he like pulls them up. The quantum computer is displaying them. And he goes, I'm going to forecast it two seconds into the future. And they're like, all right. And he does that. And then what starts happening is like, it's them. Everything's the same. They're sitting in this room. It's just supposedly what's going to happen two seconds into the future. Right. And there's all this stuff that starts to happening where like one of them is like, holy shit on the screen. And then she goes, holy shit, like in person. And then like a bunch of stuff like that. Like one guy like walks up to the screen and on the screen, he's like waving his arm and then he, he waves his arm in real life. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? And they're like, turn it off, turn it off. Like it's freaking them all out, right? That would be scary. <clears throat> It'd be scary. Because that, that's really showing you like you don't have free will. Somehow this machine is predicting what you're going to do before you're doing it. So this quote is, is talking. He was asking this guy about that. And I think this was one of the um, philosophers. So, yeah, let's see. Ohio Wesleyan University's Aaron Flynn echoes this interpretation. The people in those scenes do, and, and again, I'm going to read this and I'm going to try and read it slow because like, <laughs> I think when I first read it, I was like, what in the fuck? The people in those scenes do what they do, not despite being informed that they will do it, but in part because they have been informed that they will do it. <laughs> Think of Katie telling Lyndon that he's about to balance on the bridge railing. That's part of the show. Anyway, this is not to say they will be compelled to conform, only that their knowledge presumably forms an important part of the causal conditions leading to their actions. When the computer sees the future... The computer sees what they will do. Wait, the computer sees that what they will do is necessitated in part by this knowledge. The computer would presumably have made different predictions had people never heard them. So I interpret that as him saying the reason why like the guy walks up and in, in the screen he waves his arm like this and then he does that in real life two seconds later is because the computer knows that they know the computer is supposedly predicting the future and it's accounting that into what it's predicting. So does that saying, make sense? So they're saying they're just predicting that he's going to walk up and wave his arm and then he walks up and waves his arm to see if it predicts the future. Just like she right. predicted she was going to, you know, I'm going to say, oh shit. And mm -hmm. then if it predicts, it should say, oh shit, you know. Yeah. But so basically like the idea of what he's saying is maybe if that guy had never showed them the screen and said, okay, I'm showing you supposedly two seconds into the future, maybe what they would have done would have been different. But the fact that the machine knew that that scientist was going to go, okay, guys, I'm showing you two seconds into the future. It took that knowledge that they, like that input of them knowing what they're seeing, being told what they're seeing ahead of time and predicted how they would react to it. And then, by them seeing it, that is how they reacted to it. <laughs> That's a really see what I mean. Like I mean, it's all this like paradoxical it, ideas. It's just one like, of those what things. Like fuck? how do you predict that it's like how a computer like I, you know I get it's a it's a <laughs> fictional TV right, show, right, but. Right. The, the philosophy behind it with him saying it, the computer predicts that that's going to happen. I'm like, well, how does it predict it though? Like, do, does this, I guess it's a supercomputer that has the traits of all human beings. So it knows from that human being's conception to where they are right now. It knows everything about them, but how does it know that exact moment 
without right. even the computer being predetermined on what was going to happen. Yeah. So, see, that's where like determination makes more sense though, is the guy's like, well, if, if he doesn't show them the computer, they have, you know, they'll make their own decision. I'm like, right. But if the computer is showing and forecasting, that means the computer knows the determined path, which each human is going to take. Mm-hmm. Therefore that computer, if it can forecast the future is showing you your determined your destination in life. Yeah. Therefore, you know, predestination and determination, is that, is it determination? Mm-hmm. Determinism. Determinism yeah. are both the, you know, accurate ways and free will does not exist in the realm of you have choice and every choice you make is right. Regard, you know, it doesn't have any, you know, relationship yeah. to anything else. So I, 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 that's always one of those things. And there's another show called Westworld on HBO that kind of plays with this in like a different way. Um, again, through technology. Um, and I won't go into that one, but like, I, I always like to think about how people would react if you sat them down and you were like, listen, we have a robot or a computer or whatever that can accurately predict everything you're going to say or do for the next five minutes, for the next 10 years until you die and you say bullshit and then they show you the proof of like that happening like again in that like example of in the show how do you think people would react to that especially people who believe in free will because they're like well what the fuck is this then if it's really just data and you feed the data into a machine and the data goes well based on how all of the actions that this person has taken in the past with all of this data, I'm predicting how they're going to act and it's always hundred percent accurate. Then what the fuck is that? What is that? I think <laughs> that's not free will. And, then. And, and maybe this is me. It's trying. like, the, it's like it has access to information that you don't. And that's why it knows that you're not actually making choices kind of thing. Right. And may, maybe this is me trying to squash the idea of it, but it would be one of those things. Okay. We have everything you'll say in the next five minutes already we, we already know what you're going to say i would sit there and go prove it so then they play it but then i can sit there and i go i've already listened to what i'm going to say so i can just repeat it and play along with them thinking that i know like they knew what i was going to say so it's one of those how can you prove like the thing would have to be is they don't tell you they know what you're going to say mm-hmm. but they have you in a subject room and they're with, like showing someone else. And, and they're yeah. showing someone else. They're like, okay. There's like, the, here's the simulation of what we think he's going to say. Here's live. Right, right. So, yeah. so the best way for me to, to like run this experience or experiment for me to understand it or like see it firsthand would be I'm walking out in the middle of the street, right? Downtown. And say I'm, I'm the subject that they want to show on the monitors. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, they're like, just pick a person. So I'm like, okay, well, and I just, we, we zigzag in and out, take a couple walks down certain blocks at Denver, and I'm like, this person right here, trying to make it as random as possible so yeah. that the outcome of them knowing who I'm picking, they're not like, okay, we already, you know, this yeah. guy's paid, he knows what he's supposed to right, say, right, right. but they're like, yeah, I'll do it. So they, they come in, and, it, and it, they never leave my line of sight, no earpieces, nothing, they get put into a room on one monitor and on the other monitor, or, or let's do it's it's the glass, so I can see them and hear what they're saying, and then I get a vid- video of the same thing, and then they play it, and I would be like, okay, now you you're selling it to me, but I would still be skeptical because I'd be like, how do I know this video of them saying everything isn't just a live feed from in there? 
you know, like I'm not, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't really follow your scenario. <laughs> so I was really trying to, but I didn't exactly. So follow. I don't say, I don't know you. Right. So, okay. so they're running this experiment, like experiment. And I'm just, I'm a, I'm a skeptic. I want to see it firsthand before they're, they're, I tell they're trying I'm, to, I'm a non-believer. Yeah. They're trying to prove to you that free will right. doesn't exist. Okay. So I pick you off the street at random. You don't know anybody. You don't know me. You don't know yeah. the people I'm with. You don't know the company. You don't know anything about it. You just are like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. We go into like uh, an interrogation room at like a jail, right? I'm behind like a glass thing. And they have you in there and they just bring in some random person to talk to. You guys are talking while I'm watching the simulation on another monitor. So like I'm watching you talk in real life through like the oh the okay I think one sided mirror okay yeah and I'm also watching it so they're showing me the simulation of what they're predicting of what they predicted okay. and then I'm seeing it in real life as well yeah that would be the only way that I would be able to believe them but then I would also bring the question is how do I know this isn't live streamed from what's going on right you know it's mm-hmm. one of those things like. Prove to me that this is what is going to happen. Now, if they told me, okay, you know, we have him in the room and on the, the predict model, they go, he's in the room right now. And they go, watch, there's going to be a fly that flies across the screen or, or like a fly that lands on the glass at this point in time. And on the, the monitor, a fly lands on the glass at that point in time. I'd be like, okay, I believe you. <laughs> I fucking believe you. You sold me. Yeah. Get him out of here. I don't yeah. want to see the rest because it's kind of tripping me out already. Yeah, that would that would trip me out, man. And I, I think here's another – I think let's end on this. The end. If, if you came to that conclusion, someone proved that out to you and was like, you think you have free will, but you don't. Life is fully deterministic, and everything that's happened to you was always going to happen to you, and everything that's going to happen to you in the future is already predetermined. You, not, nothing of what you decide to do is going to change it. I guess the question is, does it matter whether you have free will or not? Because you think you do. So, like, does it matter that you actually don't? So That's, to me, the ultimate question. Because I think... Some people might say, and I think depending on the day you catch me, I might go, yeah, well, that's like maybe the most important question. It does matter. It matters the most that anything could matter. And then the other part of me is like, well, maybe it doesn't. Because if I don't have free will, it doesn't really matter to me. I think I have free will and I can still get enjoyment out of my life. So, well, so, or if it's determined, oh, well, you know, like I'm. I, good things happen to me. Bad things happen to me. None of it's in my control anyway. I'm just experiencing it. So, so my answer matter? to that, <laughs> you kinda, know what I mean, right? So my answer to that kind of relates back to what I said earlier, where I believe that our lives, you know, like I said, I believe in God. I believe He's got a plan for all of us. We have the free will to choose paths. He He provides us with with the train tracks, and He allows us to switch tracks, you know, at certain points. But He He knows the ultimate outcome of our life. If, you know, I told my parents this, I was like, if I die tomorrow, I'm okay with it because I know I'm going to a better place and there was nothing I could do to stop it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm dead. So I can't, I can't yeah. dwell on, right. oh, well, if I did this different, but with that being said, so, so I do believe there's a predetermined time that we're all going to die. Right. Like I believe when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be like, Hey, it's just my time to go, you know? I'm going to have to live with that. I, I'm not saying I want to die. That, that's by, right. you know, nowhere near what I'm saying, but I'm just saying I believe in 
pre, uh, predestination. So I'm determined to die at a certain point in life, right? That, I mean, that's just common sense. But yeah. I, the day I die was the day I was supposed to die. Now, I believe in free will as well, though, because I could die today by getting in my truck and driving 900 miles per hour off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. But I chose to do that. I, I could have not gotten in my truck and I, I survived till tomorrow, right? So that's where I believe that free will and you know determinism or predestination can work together to create our lives. We have a path and we're going to be on that path, but we can turn left or turn right at certain points in time that also will lead us, you know, it'll all come back to that path. Mm-hmm. What if I drive off a cliff at 900 miles per hour and I still survive? The path won't have changed then. It'll just be, you chose this, which makes your life going to be a little bit like this now instead of like this. Yeah. You know, so I believe that I have free will to make decisions, but the end outcome is already determined by, in, in, in my belief, God. He, he's already determined, you know, when you're 95 years old, you're going to die. So, like, there's this end point, and there's potentially infinite ways you could get there right. based on what decisions you make. Right. And But every decision is going, you know, again, and this is where people will be like, well, you just counted your free will. But every decision, you know, has that, okay, I make this decision, it's going to lead to this pathway. So if I make decision A over decision B, then I'm choosing path A over B. But I had the free choice to pick A or B. And at that point in time, I picked A. The next time I come to a, a split in the road, I pick B. You know, so that's where I think I have the right choice or like that free will to choose. I'm going to pick this path, but the path is already written. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily free. It's 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 free determination. Yeah, I'm I, freely I, picking yeah. my destined. Like, I think that's predestination. Totally rational that it could be a combination of the two things. Um. I think that's a very interesting concept of like, you know, there's a big thing in like science fiction and fantasy stories where there's like um, the chosen one. There's the idea of like this person was prophesized to become the savior of whatever. Right. Fill in the blank. That's like a classic, classic trope. So like take, you know, you could take Star Wars with Luke Skywalker or Game of Thrones with Jon Snow or pick any numerous examples and be like, okay, there was this prophecy before this person was born that they were going to become the chosen one to do this great deed. Now, in a lot of those stories, at some point along the line, they're told that they're the chosen one, right? Like Harry Potter. Like in Harry Potter and in Star Wars. Now, the idea of there being a prophecy is deterministic, right? Because it's like, Jon Snow is going to do this thing or Luke Skywalker is going to do this thing no matter what he right. chooses. He's destined it's bound to, to do this thing. Now, it where it gets really destiny. trippy is like, does he do that thing ultimately because you told him he was going to? Or, well, the what, prophecy or what? if you never told him, was he still going to do it kind of thing? Like... You know where it gets kind of like paradoxical of like if you tell someone when they're born, hey, you're the chosen one. You're going to defeat Voldemort someday and save everyone. And they, they live their whole life knowing that. Maybe there's something that happens along the way where they're making choices with that knowledge already in hand that leads them to be that person eventually to kill Voldemort. Or 
what would happen if you never told Harry he was going to be the chosen one? You know what I mean? Does he still become the chosen one? Well, <laughs> is the prophecy always going to happen, whether you inform the person that it's going to happen to them or not, or is it only predicated on you telling them, "Hey, you're you're the chosen one. This is going to so happen to you someday." I b- I believe that it, it's again kind of the way I believe in it is uh, we're all going to die, so we already know our 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 end, right? Yeah. We just don't know when, where, how. So, in like, well, I'll use Harry Potter because obviously it's my movies. He is born, and he's not born with the prophecy yet that he is the chosen one, right? Right. Certain events led to him becoming yeah, the chosen. Really early one. on in his life, right? Yeah. <clears throat> now he's not told he is the chosen one until year five of a seven-year, you know, school career, right? Mm-hmm. So everything he's done from year one to year five until he knew in year five was kind of, you could argue, was free will. Because you could, you could look at some of the things that he did and be like, why would you do that knowing... You you're know, supposed to do this great thing. Right. Yeah. So like, we'll use uh, Sorcerer's Stone for an example when they go into the Dark Forest. It's Malfoy, Harry, and Fang, the dog. They come across Voldemort. How Harry could have died right there. He had no clue that right. him and Voldemort were linked. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, he thought Snape was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So the prophecy would say, stay away from him until you're strong enough to fight him and beat him. Yeah. But he didn't know that. So every year, he got closer and closer to Voldemort until he, in year five, he realized, okay, I am the chosen one. With the prophecy, you know, the one to defeat the dark lord approaches is what it says man i'm fucking in the movies (laughs) (laughs) that's literally what it says in the movie so yes quote me on that but then he destroys it and everyone's like (gasps) but it's because he's the only one that knew his prophecy dumbledore says he believed his prophecy but if you remember back in the movies you can't seek out another person's prophecy Mm-hmm. You couldn't go look for mine. I couldn't go look for yours. But we could go find each other, like ourselves. Yeah. And then we could bring them to each other. Yeah. So you know, Voldemort mm-hmm. lured Harry there to grab the prophecy as bait, so that Voldemort would understand. Because, like they said, Voldemort created a Horcrux in Harry, not knowing he did that. Right. 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 Yeah. That's, so, that becomes like a big key. It's like he didn't know right. he did that. Yeah. So the prophecy in Voldemort's head was, "I'm just going to kill everybody, live forever, and be this terrible, you know, dark wizard." Yeah not knowing choices he made had certain outcomes, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, he made those free will choices, but the outcomes were determined yeah. when he made that choice. It's really trippy, man. It, it kind of goes to like the Avengers Endgame comparison because this is another perfect example of like Doctor Strange saw 14 million something right. possible futures and he goes, we only win one of them. So he knows which one. But happens. he can't say, otherwise it won't come true. He can't tell anyone involved or else it won't happen. So that goes to like, that supports my argument of like, well, I guess in the prophecy context, you really shouldn't tell them that they're the chosen Until one or else ready. it won't happen. Or maybe you have to tell them that well, the chosen one or it won't happen. Because maybe in, it's the opposite way. Because in Endgame, the only person Strange tells is... Is Tony. Tony. Like right as it's happening. Right. Yeah, and Tony like, looks at him it. and this he goes, it. this is it. Yeah. And Tony understood at that point, though, yeah. that that was necessary for, you know, 
his his wife and daughter to survive. And yeah, he's like, racism. this is the only way he to goes, do this it. This is yeah. the only way to do it. So, yeah, I mean, the best way for a pro- prophecy to come true is not to tell that person until it is crucial yeah. that this is what has to happen. Yeah, maybe that's the key distinction of like, you know, if you because there's always like some sort of a character in these stories that like kind of knows the prophecy and knows what's going to happen or at least thinks they know what's going to happen. And they all seem to have some sort of a time where they then tell the chosen one that they are the chosen one. That is like a key right. well, distinction. Because I mean, it's it, not like from the day they're learning how to walk, they're like, hey, guess what? You're going to be the chosen one someday. You're going to defeat gonna go the emperor. Up. Yeah, you're going to defeat Voldemort, whatever it may be. There's There comes a point, though, where they're like, okay, this is this prophecy, and now you, you're able to understand and you're at this crucial juncture where I'm going to tell you you are part of this prophecy. Right. Well, well, think, you know, so Dr. Strange is that person. He knows yeah. it, but if he tells people it won't come true, so then one of the other 14 million whatever outcomes will happen. Yeah. Same with Harry Potter. Dumbledore knows Harry is the chosen one, and he knows Harry must die to kill Voldemort in the end, mm-hmm. which is why he gives him the resurrection stone in the snitch he caught, because he knows this is the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. So Dumbledore is kind of like, I've seen this. This is what has to happen. And then, you know, like Snape says, he's like, you've been raising him for slaughter. And Dumbledore's like, well, yeah, we, we have to. This yeah, is the only no way, other way we win. There's no other way. And if you tell someone, hey, you have to die for everyone else to live, I'd be like, fuck that. Yeah, they're going to be resistant everybody. to that idea. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. people. You're, yeah. you're all dying. I want to survive, you yeah. know. But when it comes to that moment, he's like, well, wait a second. Now I have a resurrection stone. He dies, and then Dumbledore's like, yeah, you did what you're supposed to. Sorry yeah. I couldn't tell you I wanted to, right. but had I told you, you yeah. might have been gone. Right. It might not have happened, yeah. Right? You know, like, even, uh, you know, everybody said, like, Star Wars could be a little tricky because people are like, Anakin was the chosen one. I know. One. The, the Star Wars one is a, is a weird example because, like, Anakin was supposedly the chosen one, and then they got it wrong, Well, but, and it ended up really being Luke. But Luke doesn't exist without Anakin. True. Neither does Leia. And and really yeah. the chosen one was Ray. Yeah. Later but on it becomes Ray. Ray doesn't yeah. exist without Luke or Leia. So at the end of the day, thanks a lot, Darth. <laughs> well no, wait, Ray doesn't exist without Palpatine. Right, but but what I'm saying is Ray being able to balance the force doesn't oh, exist yeah, without yeah, yeah. Luke and Leia being able to teach her because it, you know, at the true. end yeah, she goes that's true, that's true. You know, I'm Ray, and they go Ray, and she goes Ray Skywalker, right? Right. And she's like, no, I've never heard that name before, yeah. and it's like, okay, that could have been a really cool ending if you know yeah. that shit. But it's like, you know, she chose that path, but at the end, it was already determined that she was going to mm-hmm. beat the evil. Yeah. This has been was this as fun as you thought it was going to be? I would say the first half was kind of like. Mm, mm-hmm. I think the the many worlds interpretation is a little bit. I mean, we could go on a lot of like opinionated rants about it of like, well, what if this happened? And then, oh, maybe this is a possibility. Oh yeah, because you could do that with everything. Yeah, like, but but I think there's not as much fun in that one as there is in like the free will versus determinism idea, and it's a little bit, I think, easier to conceptualize. Oddly, which is like. But a hard thing to conceptualize, but it's almost easier than the idea of contemplating the fact that there could be possibly infinite different realities. I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's easier to conceptualize free will with determinism because every decision you make, you realize you can go. 
Okay, like like you said, it's a cause and effect. Yeah, you you knew when you, like you said you were thirsty, you drank water, quenched your thirst. You knew that was going to happen, and there was a cause. There's the effect, yeah. and now that you're not thirsty anymore, you're going to have to pee, mm-hmm. which is an effect of you drinking water. And exactly. You knew that. Yeah. So it's easier because it if it's with our everyday lives as far as every decision you make truly does have an outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, you can, and you can backtrack at yeah. least a full day's worth. Yeah. Of, you can of, you can conceptualize the the chain of reaction. Right. Like basically. oh yeah, like I'm hungry, I will eat. Yeah, it's just a natural thing that your body's yeah. going to do. I'm thirsty, I will drink. It, yeah, you might be like, well, was it predetermined at this time? And it's like, well, your body determined it at this time. Yeah. So y- technically, yeah, it was predetermined because yeah. your body was running out of energy, saying, hey, I'm getting hungry. Okay, you're gonna eat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easier to conceptualize, and I would say if we do another like spinoff on this, we would do one solely on like determinism. Okay. Because I think we could really get into like some deep, cool ideas on it. Like we could even yeah, fictionalize sure. a, an episode on like determinism, where we just create a story. We'll just shoot the shit with our own story. Yeah. I'm down. So anyway. If you're with us this long and you're you're still listening, thank you very much. We we have been going for a long time. I, I understand that we're coming up on a couple hours now at this point, but but hopefully um, you've liked it. Yeah, it's, ho- it's been fun. Hopefully it's been interesting because this stuff is really fascinating to me. And this platform, you know, this podcast that we do is really the only avenue I have most of the time to talk about this kind of stuff at length. Because um, I just don't have a lot of a a lot of people in my life who are also interested in this stuff, and b people who are interested in it who I can sit down and shoot the shit with it for two straight right. hours. Who, who you know, has it's the like time it's, to sit down and yeah, be like, well, what if? It's just hard to get all those you know things to coalesce into, into one opportunity. But thankfully, we started the Just Browsing podcast for a little over a year ago. Reason. Yeah, for this sole reason. And now we can do a two-hour podcast on the many worlds theory and free will and determinism and all that good stuff. So yeah. anyway, I, I, I really sincerely hope that um you know whoever's out there listening has had a good time listening to this and let us we know will, your thoughts yeah um you know as, as we have said on a bunch of podcasts please reach out if you have opinions or you know thoughts and concerns or questions or whatever on this topic you know reach out on the facebook page on the instagram page Twitter. send us an email um I, I guess we don't have to list them right now. If you want to know what all of those things are, they're they're linked in the, the Podbean yeah, page. Go to or, the Pod. I guess go to the Podbean website. That's probably the best place to go. And yeah, we will be back sometime soon with a different topic. I would we, say probably we, something not as dense as this. I would say I would we could imagine. probably come back next week or before Halloween with like an episode on ghosts. I think that'd be that'd be fun. Like a good timing for that. So. Yeah, yeah. I say a we'll spooky, be back next week. Podcast. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was. So. I had a good time. So thanks, everybody, and we will uh, talk to you guys later. Yeah. Till next time.